Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, welcome to our podcast, Wheel Suckers! Wheel Suckers! (laughs) That was like out of time. Hi, welcome to Wheel Suckers. We are joined by... I'm Sarah Connolly, and I live on the internet where I talk about professional women's cycle sports. We're joined by Sarah from Professional Women's Cycling. We've got Sarah on the show for a reason today. Why are we chatting to you, Sarah? We're, you're chatting to, to me because it is this huge bike race uh, in Britain, the Ovo Energy Women's Tour, that started this week. And you're, I'm going to tell you why it's important, why you should love it. And I'm going to have a second go at making Jelly fall in love with professional women's cycling. <laughs> yeah, because yes. I tried. I tried the first time. I, I made it as far as Googling. How can I watch... <laughs> I can't even remember what that race was. Oh, the Giro Rosa, no, maybe? No, it was the no. Tour de Yorkshire. So previously Sarah Tour yeah, that one. Jenny. That one. Why should we give a shit about the women's Tour de Yorkshire? So we're back to say, why should you give a shit about the women's tour? Why? <laughs> oh. why? I tried, I tried, and I, it didn't work, so... Let's try again. Um, no, that- that's all, that's all right. That's all right. It's okay. I'm sure that like there's a bigger barrier this time. Yeah, there is a slightly bigger barrier to the to, to loving the. So I I have to say right at the start, I love this race. The first two years I did their social media for them, did live Twitter updates on that went on their blog as well. Last year I did TV commentating, so I know this race quite well. But it is a little bit harder to follow because there's no live TV and the highlights turn up at 10.25 every day on Eurosport and 11 o'clock at night on ITV4. So sadly, you can't watch it live. That is bullshit. Sorry, women's tour, but that's bullshit. (laughs) It is. Um, let's talk That's about like mega bit. bullshit. Let's talk. We'll talk a little bit more later. I think about why it's crappy that it's not shown because it is a really, really, really exciting race. And from a feminist perspective, it's groundbreaking. Not just in terms of cycling, huh. but in terms of women's sports in Britain. You have so, my but, attention. <laughs> <laughs> so the Women's Tour started in 2014. That was its first edition when it was the Friends Life Women's Tour. You know, in cycling, uh, races often change their name as they change their sponsors. So this is like the third different yeah, name, yeah. Name, name of it. When it happened, we had some of the best women riders in the world. Yeah, we'd had Nicole Cook, who was the first uh, rider ever, male or female, to win the Olympics and the World Championships in the same year. We had Emma Pooley, who was just crushing the mountains. And in 2012, of course, Lizzie, Lizzie Danan, then Lizzie Armitstead, came second in the Olympic Games in London. 
and we had so we justifiably had some of the best cyclists best women cyclists but there hadn't been a uci level bike race in britain since the um, mid 2000s now when sweet spot who run the race wanted to start it they were told by a lot of people a lot of very important and influential people it will never work not only were they told no one is interested in women's cycling they were also told that no one is interested in any standalone women's sport. They were told that there has never been a successful standalone women's sporting event in Britain, that there has to be the men there to make it successful. Wow. Barf. And they were told, you will fail, you will lose money, it will be a disaster. And to give Sweet Spots credit, they've been running women's races at the Tour Series of City Centre Crits, mm. and they knew how good it was, and they put their money where their mouth was, and they set up the race, and it was instantly this insane, wonderful success, with people relining almost every inch of the road, Olympic-level crowds. And cool. Guy, Guy Elliott, who's the race controller, puts up this photo of one of the finish lines that he took, with people like lining up five deep, and he calls wow. it... I like to call this photo, no one is interested in women's cycling. <laughs> <laughs> so from a women's sports perspective, as well as from a cycling in general perspective, it's history making. And Sweet Spot were incredibly, but Sweet Spot were incredibly clever. They did tons and tons of pre-race work to get local areas interested so if the race was running yeah. through, running past your business for example you probably knew about it and so everyone from your business would be going out on the street to cheer for them as they came past yeah uh, they got every school in the local areas to make they had team the british teams go to visit the schools and tell them about cycling they turned out with with flags with homemade signs with oh, all sorts of things and at every level you could pass through they could they you, the riders are saying it was crazy you couldn't even hear yourself talk to each other in the bunch because the level of noise it was just wall of noise continual they said it's like nothing else that they've ever experienced except for the olympics and maybe one or two of the giant classics where the men race to like the ronde van vlaanderen for example mm. but even on the ronde van vlaanderen you don't get the people like lining up all the way through the random parts of the road it's yeah. you know it's all about the big climbs <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. The other thing is the race has been very clever to not just go through beautiful cycling country, but they also make sure they go through deprived areas as well as um, as well as the wealthy areas. So they might one day start in a beautiful film set looking Yellowstone village with gorgeous buildings. And then the next stage, they might start somewhere that's frankly rough, you know. And they see that as, and they and their course will pass stately homes. It'll pass monuments, famous landmarks. It'll also pass a state and it'll, you know, it'll pass areas that don't normally get this kind of attention. And that's because they've got a real, real effort that they what they want to do is they want to inspire people to love riding, love bikes. And they want to show mm -hmm. that and they want to show everyone that women can ride bikes, women can race, women are super competitive. I, you know, it, it it's genuinely special. It's genuinely special in a way that I don't think I can there's no other race that's comparable so in the first year everyone was just blown away and shocked and surprised it was a real risk it could have fallen a flat on their face and all the teams literally said all the time this is set a new bar this is raised a new bar for women's sport on the organization on the crowds yeah for people who turn up you turn up in the morning and there are tons of stalls there with people telling you how to ride bikes there's breeze representatives there's there's local clubs involved there's all kinds of things like that 
because it's a women's race, it's not at the same level of crowds as men's, but because this is where they can engage with the fans, it's really, you can walk around and you can talk to the riders. You know, if you're standing there, if you love the team Velocio SRAM, for example, I remember being on the start line and there were some two riders who'd been wearing Velocio SRAM kits who'd come to see them. And I saw the Velocio SRAM riders. So I was like, oh, hey, can you come and see these these riders? And and they're like, oh my God, you're wearing our kit. And they're like, oh, we really love you. And got got selfies with them. It's just way more, way, it sounds way more accessible and inclusive yeah. than yeah. the men's race. And yeah, Breaking barriers down, because I kind of really detest sometimes when it's like us and them. And there is like, and you can't get anywhere near the rider. You can't get anywhere near here. And it is, and it's and it's going to places that don't necessarily have a huge... Like, if you go to London, I grew up in London, you've got something that shuts the road, you know, London Marathon or whatever, or, you know, mm-hmm. an event, or, you know, every all the time. Like, you rock up at the London Marathon and it's there. But this is going through, because cycling goes through really tiny places, they've got places where they'll have their own cycle festival. So you watch the race go past, and then you have, like, a load of cycling festivals and stuff, and here's trying a bike and there. The Tour de Yorkshire did this too as well. But with the women's race, there's a level of accessibility because the women don't, I'm apart from one or two, the women don't see themselves in the same way as, like, Mark Cavendish or Bradley Wiggins or Chris Froome see themselves, where they're absolute superstars. Mariana Voss in the first year won and it took her something like it took her either half an hour or an hour to get from the back of the podium to the uh, press conference. Everyone just wanted to stop and ask her for things. Mariana was sick in the second year so she couldn't race it so she did the tv presenting and she was wandering around you know before the race at the beginning and the end you know doing interviews talking to people and she said she got recognized more in Britain than she does at home in the Netherlands. Wow. And people are just so, so, because because there's not a chance to see women racing in Britain. Well, they have, I mean, it's getting better, actually. It's completely different to what it started like. But when it started, this is the fourth year, when it started in 2014, there wasn't the chance to see, to go and see Mariana Voss, you know, to, to, to have your kid talk to Danny King. And it's inspiring, not just for little girls, but for little boys. So you get lots yeah. of little boys go, oh, my God, I just met Danny King. <laughs> They've watched her on the Olympics. That's yeah. that's really important that young boys get that exposure as well. So as an event, it transcends cycling and it transcends sport and it becomes an event. This is something that you can see and that you can touch and that you can, you know, you stand by the barriers and you see them whooshing past. I mean, cycling can be quite a dull sport to watch by the right side of the road. Yeah, yeah. because let's face it, you know, you can't really <laughs> tell what's going on. And then they just fly past you and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's my because it was in the first year when it was brand new you can do things when you're watching it on twitter you and you're losing the hashtag you're not just watching the updates from the race but you're also showing people's showing their own photos by the side of the road you know people sharing the experience communities form from following the race and you know people are you can tell where it is because they've got a live blog and a live you know the live the live twitter and so you can hopefully talk about about what you know what what's what's happening and where they are. And then in the first year, it got a bit of criticism because the first, they they went really really cleverly. Now a lot of people 
were didn't want to get involved in the race in the first year whether that's sponsors whether that's areas that were put on the race that were nervous about it because you know they they bought into the no one's interested in women's sport and they can't point to other bike races and show look how successful that's been yeah mm. or other sporting events and say look how successful that's been so they ended up in the east of england for the first two years because they signed two-year deals with paces which i think is fair they ended up in the east of england and that was clever because teams could come over by ferry um, they got a deal with the ferry to come over from the Netherlands and from Belgium to insert. awesome. But the thing was, in the first year, it was very um, it was limited in its geography because there's not many hills in the east of England. Mm. <laughs> it went with in the first couple of years, the, the the script was breakaways that at three kilometers to go had a thirty second lead, at two kilometers to go had a twenty second lead, at one kilometer to go had a ten second lead. And then they were all swept up in the final kilometre. So when you look at the results, the first couple of years looked like mostly bunch sprints. But it's not. It's like this exciting, huge daredevil game, you know, so close. And I do think it's a little bit unfair when when, when people criticise a race for that. Because had the breakaway made it by two seconds they would have been, oh, what an amazing race, you know? But the breakaway mm. doesn't make it by 15 seconds. And, oh, God, uh, you know? Like, we're, yeah. we're, sometimes, we're sometimes a bit a bit sarcastic. But then, in year three, it was it moved out of the east of England and it's gone to, um, and it's moved more to the Midlands. So they had a Derbyshire stage, which, if you don't know Derbyshire, it's all incredibly steep, sharp hills, beautiful mm. green landscape, um, dry stone walls like very evocative country they went to the Cotswolds which is all mellow golden stone you know it's it's you know it's kind of with with different kinds of hills and it's a really tough race in the first year they were limited to only the UCI had a rule in the first year that you can only ride average 100 kilometers a stage over the course of the race it has to average out as as 100 kilometers or other for for a women's race how far do the men get to ride? Uh, something like um, two. Uh, well, something like I think I can't remember off the top of my head. Something like two hundred and fifty. That's insane. Now I like short short races. To me, the men's races it can last for a really really long time, and it's just about attrition. Whereas if you're racing for one hundred and fifty kilometers, for example, you've still got energy to do lots and lots of attacking, mm, and true. so it kind true. of generally becomes a dynamic, uh, you know, a more dynamic race. The other problem is, is that if you're averaging out 100 kilometers a day, you've got the start town A, the start town B. You've got in the middle a railway, a major road, two hospitals, a police station and I don't know, a river, something else that you can't cross, that you can't send a a race, send a race past. Yeah. Mm. And what that means is you're quite limited to how to, to what parkour you can you can send it in. Yeah. So I think that you know so so i want to have a really exciting race and i was so i'm going to send it over that hill how am i going to get it from a to b because this hundred kilometer piece of string on the map isn't big enough yeah yeah how do you get it to link up so this is one of the reasons why some people criticize the women's tour because it doesn't like go around more of the country but when you're dealing with such smaller like if you're in a men's race and you say okay we're gonna have a 200 kilometer stage that's an extra 100 kilometers of traveling right you can kind of wind around and go around. yeah exactly and if you have trans, so 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 if you have so if you wanted to get to Scotland, for example, you'd probably have to start in Scotland or up in the northwest of England, or have super long transfers that everyone everyone involved in the sport hates. 
you know, you always have, and if you have them closer together, uh, you they can all stay in the same hotel for a couple of nights, which is so much better for the mechanics because they can just park up their but their mechanic bus, and you know, set up their electricity, set up their water. Know that when they come back for the at the end of the day, they can just get on with their work. People can leave their, you know, you know, you're going to be staying in this hotel for three nights, so I can leave my kit that I wore last night um, drying here. For example. <laughs> You yeah. must be more settled, can't you? More mentally and yeah. physically yeah. settled. Yeah. So they're not allowed to call it the tour of Brit- the, t- the women's tour of Britain because the UCI owns the name Tour of Britain. While Sweet Spot run the men's race on behalf of British Cycling, British Cycling absolutely won't let the women's tour be called the women's tour of Britain. They've also limited it. The women's tour wants to go to five day to seven days. Yeah, they're only at five days now. The the British Cycling wouldn't let them. They also wanted to be next week because this week clashes with a lot of big sporting events. British cycling wouldn't let them. What? So why? Why? Why so controlling? I know. I have a theory that British cycling owns the Men's Tour of Britain. Yeah. And they want that to be the primary predominant race in England. And it's a bit of, to be honest, it's a conflict of interest that they own the, the, the rate that the Federation owns the race name. So, when the Tour de Yorkshire wants to expand out of you know out out to a week as well, they're told no. When the Tour de Yorkshire wants to expand the women's race, they're told no. When Sweet Spot wants to expand the t- women's tour, they're told no. And it's just it's politics. So but it's stupid. Yeah, it yeah. is really stupid. Yeah. Isn't the end goal to get more people riding bikes and get more competitive cycling? You know, bring competitive cycling to the public eye and yeah. promote riders and and train better riders i'm like this is so dumb like why would you prevent this from happening it is insane Mm. and it's also really you know it's also really stupid like there's no oh yeah well here's a really good reason why like there just isn't it's just you just have to you just have to throw your hands up and say it is what it is otherwise you just go otherwise you're just banging your head against the table and go oh my god this year it's been extended. So rather than, so the UCI is bullshit because of the race limitations. Yes. This year they've extended it. So it's going to be the longest stage race. Like in terms of stage days, they've got three days that are over 140 kilometers. Yeah. Uh-huh. What they're, well, they're, okay. they're their longest <laughs> non-London road <laughs> stage is 123K. And a couple of years ago, that would be seen as, or even last year, that would be seen as a really long day. Mm. So this year it's going to be different because people are going to be like, uh, this it's a really long it's a really tough race but you know all the t- some of the teams and riders were like oh it's quite an easy race in the first year <laughs> you said you wanted it harder well here we go, <laughs> here we go. Good. <laughs> Bring it. And, it, and it has and it has a ton of really exciting stuff the first year it went out strava have been sponsoring the queen of the mountains jersey was sponsoring the queen of the mountains jersey which was super clever because in the press conference they had one day where 135 strava segments were destroyed by Mariana Voss. <laughs> now, it's not, and it's not just Mariana. I think there are Strava segments that are still owned by Ellen Van Dyke, that are still owned by women riders. Now, these are Strava segments, which you know, two or three local dudes have been fighting over for years. You know, <laughs> you know how some guys go bonkers oh, about Strava. Go insane yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, and then, let it go, man. Yeah, let and then the Strava one day, segment go. 
the best thing is, is these aren't even Strava segments up like the top of the Alp Duez or something. These are Strava segments that are just in random places where they've been like going all out to yeah, hit the Strava like segment, and this road. and the peloton's just gone through it. So you got so in the, in the press conference afterwards, I said to Mariana, "Do you have any recommendations for what men who've lost their Strava segment should do to get it back?" And she said, "Take a bunch of girls with you." Yeah. <laughs> So it's a really, really exciting race. Now, the last stage is in London. So it's it's moving around the country. The last stage on Sunday is in London. Now, yeah. for it to be in London the week after the terrorist attack is super important to me. I'm a born and, I was born and grew up in London. Yeah. And part of it being there as well is like saying, fuck you, terror. Fuck you trying to scare us and stop us doing yeah. what we want to do and stuff. Yeah. It's, so that makes it even more special to me. It's a, you know, the sport that I love is able to be part of the symbols that show we do not listen to fear. We do not listen to the fear mongers, whether they're terrorists or whether they're the right wing. We're going to love cycling. And love We're going to get together and watch, watch yeah. cycling. Watch yeah. People being really awesome on their bikes. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's so, another reason to get out and watch the race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, yeah, if, count, you're in actually. London, <laughs> if you're in London, and I mean, I, I, I've I, always taken the piss about, you know, Regent Street and Trafalgar Square and, you know, Downing Street and, uh, and, and you know, and going, going down to Westminster. You know, those are not places that I tend to go to if I have a choice. No. London. Yeah. However, this is the it's tourist central, you know? It's going around yeah. tourist central and that's spectacular. It's going up Regent Street on a Sunday. Amazing. Oh god. Yeah. They're closing Regent Street on a Sunday to have the to have a women's bike race. Now, when you think about what Regent Street is supposed to be associated with for women, you know, oh, it's supposed to be where we want to go. It's supposed to be our mecca because it's it's um shopping, right? Shop we're we're subverting the narrative by going Mm. fuck the shops here's a ton of women pasty women on lycra sweating and being aggressive and racing it's a very short stage it's a lap race so if you're in london this is definitely there's no excuse not to go and then afterwards you go to the pop-up the look mom no hands pop-up or the look mom hands cafe and we you talk to everyone there about how amazing was that bike race oh yeah. my god <laughs> exactly <laughs> my sunday's so, been planned out for me now yeah yeah so yeah so yeah so jenny if you don't you know if you're not sure about it go and see it live cheer the riders as they come past and be part of something huge Marianne Voss and Lizzie Danen, we've never seen them go head to head properly where they've both been at the top of their game yeah um Lizzie Danen, in the first year of the women's tour had to pull out sick in the second year, she won the first stage, took both hands off the bars, celebrating, got blown across the wind, right, the road, crashed into the race director, Mick Bennett, and had to pull out of the race injured. Oh, my That's God. That's awful. So last year was her third time lucky, and she won overall. Wow. Oh, gosh. That's such a roller coaster, Sarah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. The bars. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people want to know, wow, that sounds amazing. Where can I watch it? Mm. Where can In the we fir- watch it, Sarah? <laughs> In the first year, the race had a really, really good answer to this, that rather than show it live, they felt that what by showing really good quality highlights package of an hour, you know, an hour long highlights, they could tell some of the stories and introduce it because, you know, not many people, uh, women's cycling isn't as followed as men's cycling. So you can't yeah. just say Mariana Voss and uh, maybe you can say Mariana, but you can't say Ellen Van Dyke and everyone will know who she is, right? 
so they listen we're gonna have the best way to get new fans is by hour-long highlights and they were shown at nine o'clock on itv4 free to view repeated a lot yeah and so i'm like okay well i'd rather have it live but i do sort of get that you're not aiming at me the rabid fan you're aiming at someone who's not particularly sure they might like it yeah with people who just don't know who they are they don't really get what it is four years ago that made a lot of sense however the world has changed even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And this year we've had a ton of... absolute ton more live racing yeah and you can have live racing and highlights too it's not either or so they've got a problem they're clashing with i think the french open tennis so the tv slot they've got is 11 o'clock at night there is a world of difference between being on tv at nine o'clock and at 11 o'clock yeah yeah even being 10 o'clock even 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock it's it's too late and if you're in europe it's midnight you know it's just it, it's it just me because we're passionate and i'm keen as with jenny i think we're keen to support this we're keen to learn how we're keen to do what we can to show they're and then you just hit a wall yeah they're not helping us with this time that is not helpful the hope is that it's on player you can watch it actually then when it suits you the next day there are highlights in the morning. I mean, but that also annoys me in the morning the next day because some of us are at work. Some of us are doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and help us help you. Yeah. And you were saying about showing it live at Look Mum, oh, but there's no, can't. But you can't, you can't, then, <laughs> you can't then go, you can maybe show it at 10 o'clock in the morning, but there's not going to be anyone there or you might not be open. But then you also can't show it later on because by the time, if you're showing it, monday's race at six o'clock on tuesday tuesday's race has already happened yeah, and you're out yeah. of time so uh, it's yeah. so it, stupid it's, again it's so stupid i think the problem is is that when the women's tour started it was hugely hugely innovative yeah everything they did was different and innovative and exciting and so you could think you know oh well no live but oh my god look at all this amazing stuff the trouble is is four years later a lot of stuff that was innovative is now completely standard yeah 
And a lot of small races, like the Healthy Aging Tour, which is a much smaller race in the Netherlands, had a helicopter out for the entire stage, every stage, streaming live, and you could watch it again on their website, and they had her daily highlights. We want a that. Lot of, we want that. Those, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so many more races have been shown live. Like, um, even if you're only showing the last stage live, you should be able to show the London, stream the London stage live that because be, it's... Yeah, that would help. That yeah. Would just yeah. a nice little compromise. Hey, you couldn't watch it across the rest of the UK. Watch the London one. Ah. Yeah. But, but that would be, especially because, you know, you wouldn't have to pay for, like, helicopters and stuff. You'd have fixed cameras. You know, it's a lot easier. It's a circuit yeah, race. Yeah, that would make sense, actually. This is something that Sweet Spots are going to have to look at for the future. I have sympathy for them because it's not that, you know, they've been given the TV yeah. spot that they've been given. However, they are also paying for that TV themselves. So boos and hisses, you know, the the, the, the hoorays. It's like the hoorays a double-edged are, sword, this. It's like, yeah. It's a double-edged bicycle. It's just very like, difficult. You'll get your race, but you can't watch it. Ah, yeah. It's like a monkey paw. I got yeah. what I wanted, but I didn't really. Yes. It's so annoying. Be you careful what you wish for. Well, yeah. yeah. Damn. So the, the thing is, is uh. for someone like me who's heard the reasons why they can't film things over and over and again, you can get like, you can shoot. I, you can't be angry all the time. I can't be angry all the time. So I just accept some things. What's really spectacular is every year after the Olympic Games, there's a ton of new fans who bring in youth mm-hmm. and energy and they go, what the fuck? And, you, and I go, oh, you know, it is what it is. And they're like, no, that's not good enough. And it's like, yeah, actually, it's it's really exciting. You know, that that's really exciting. It's it's really exciting that other people are, are pissed off about this. And like, you look on the twi- on Twitter this morning, and there's a whole load of people saying, "Why can't I watch it? Why are the highlights on at eleven o'clock at night? Like, yes. what are you doing to me? You know, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> this it's is just what we can do. So the best thing we can do: use this energy. Don't stay quiet. If you like us, are pissed off. Tweet at them, say something, email, Facebook, but, whatever way. Write them a letter with a wax who, seal yeah. that says, Who, who are they? Who are, who are they? What's their Twitter yeah. handle? So, the Women's Tour Twitter is at the Women's Tour. The website is womenstour.co.uk. They have a live blog on there as well. My recommendation is here's how you go in. You go in and you say, Oh my god, your race sounds amazing. I'm just beyond gutted that I can't see it live. Mm, yes. And that's yes. if you frame it in terms and that's that's something that's really important to me about Twitter campaigning because you know the Twitterati are sometimes accused of just being totally negative. So if you like that action sounded spectacular. I or you know, I'm gutted I can't watch the highlights because I just can't do it on a school on a work night and then by the time I get home the next day, the next stage has ha- the next stage has happened. So the highlights are just on too late. I I really wanted to engage with your race fully, but I can't. Is there anything you yeah. can do next year, or is there any way we as fans can help you? Because when we frame it like that, people yeah. read it and they're much more they're much more open to it, you know. But when you frame it as "Oh my God, you bastards! You pile of <laughs> bastards! I hate you!" Yeah, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> there's room for both but i think if you want yeah. to affect change asking them good cop bad cop asking yes. them what can we as fans do to make this better for next year we can't change it for this year but yeah. i'm gutted that the, i can't watch the london stage especially in the context of of celebrating london what can yeah. i do to help you good i feel like i've talked for a lot so i'm sorry about that <laughs> 
good. It's all good. You can join Look Mum No Hands and Sarah PW Cycling on Twitter throughout the women's tour. You can join in with our Twitter competition, hashtag Rider Results. We launched this in May with the Giro and we've brought it back because Yay. it's a lot of fun. It's really great to highlight the fact that there are some amazing riders in these races. They may not be the ones that come first, second or third on the podium. And it's good to just learn more about them. So Sarah has picked a selection of exciting riders that are in the women's tour. You can read all about them on Sarah's website, why she's picked them. You've gone into like good juicy details already with Marianne Voss. All you have to do is just tweet where you think they're going to come. And that's... Yeah. It. It's pretty easy. It's pretty fun. Everybody can have a go. Join in every day on the race to win a different Look Mum No Hands prize. Yeah. And if you're thinking, oh my God, I just want to see the highlights and I want it to be easy, on my site, prowomenscycling.com, I'm going to put a daily collection of videos and highlights and things that I'll add to as I see things. So as soon as I see the first video highlights, I'll slap them up um, and then I'll add to it with more and more and more. So if you want to come back and follow the race, I've just got my favourite photos, my favourite videos, blah, blah, blah. So you just don't just try and make it super yeah, sweet and easy for you. Yeah, and to every day. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sarah has yeah. everything you need. You are full of stoke and full of good, <laughs> excellent pro women's stuff. Knowledge. Content and knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you very, very much for having me. I, I, I love your work and I'm a fan. I'm a, oh, I'm a Wheel Suckers okay. podcast fangirl. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Sarah has so much stoke. Sarah is amazing. Let's get stoked. So, Jenny, do you want to talk about what happened to you this week? See, I just have to throw this out there that I am, I currently have a beehive and I went to spin class today in it. So I'm very proud of myself. It held up. But I got it done yesterday at Open Barbers, which is a gender neutral salon and they needed hair models and I volunteered my barnet i think you call it here yes we do call it that i, I believe you have a high barnet which is one of the tube stops ding ding <laughs> you can now go to one of those awful underground fancy dress parties yeah yes i always wanted to go as canary wharf and dress up like wharf from star trek um, that is inspired <laughs> With, like, a canary on my shoulder <laughs> covered in canaries I wanted to tell my story of of Saturday. Yeah, what happened to you? On which Saturday? was really fucking annoying. Um, I was in the workshop on my own, and the first customer that came in for the day was female. So for the first like maybe three, four hours, it was just me and her. And um, during this time period, we had not one, not two, but three old white dudes come in and make comments about us being female in the workshop and not even like buy anything not even like use the workshop they just came in to say shit to us so the first guy came in and said what no blokes and I was like no no not today and he's like what ah! and they just kind of walked out and it was just really bizarre Wow. and then um, and then the second one said it's nice to see a woman not afraid of getting dirty and i'm like you don't get out much <laughs> like who is are you friends you with is that what you said at the time what did you say i can't i think i was just more shocked i was like what uh, okay and i think i said something like i'm wearing gloves <laughs> 
Um, and then the third one was the gross one, where um, I was wearing my tribute to Lael Wilcox winning the Trans Am cut-off shorts, because it was a hot day. And I was doing a puncture repair, so I had, like, gross tire dust on my legs. And the dude offered to clean up my leg with Swarfiga. And I was like, I'm just going to use some coffee grounds and washing up liquid. It works better. But in my head, I was like, Ugh, that is so gross. That's like, so can you creepy. not say creepy shit like that? And again, didn't buy anything, didn't contribute anything except this commentary that was completely unnecessary. The The one thing that just made everything okay, though, was at the same time when the it was just me and this other woman, these two young men came in and they addressed us directly, didn't make any comments of like, where are the guys? Um, started asking us straight up like questions about their bikes, like they've got this problem, what they, can they do? One guy mistook the student, the w- woman that I was teaching, as another mechanic, and she's like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't work here. I'm just learning." And they were really stoked, and they were really excited. And they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna learn about my bike." And I was like, "Cool, like this is the future." Really nice. Yeah, that's- I'd rather you tell me that story and it be that way around than the other way around. But it's still a shame that happened. And thank you for sharing. So people know, you know, this shit still happens. <laughs> like... It does, and it's worth saying if you haven't listened to one of our shows before, there is an amazing website where you can share if you receive any harassment of any sort on your bike or off your bike where you can log it and we found it's a really good way of getting it off your chest yeah helping you make you feel a bit better it's just all a part of the process of this does happen to us to all of us and that website that website is hollaback yeah so look up hollaback there i'll put a link below but yeah it's not your fault just remember that and share it if you feel that you can because we found that it helps I guess we should lead lead in with some more heavy shit. It's it's been difficult. Um, we haven't properly announced it. Uh, look, mom, no hands yet. But we have opened a summer pop up on London Bridge. It was actually a hundred yards away from where the attacks happened on Saturday night. I was very worried. We're sensitive about talking about this at the moment because obviously it was an attack on people and an attack on London, and we were in that location, so we're not prepared to suddenly be like hey come and drink a load of beer with us and so i wanted to share that we are going to be working with the british red cross they've set up a solidarity fund they're raising money for victims of the attack to support people who've been injured bereaved or traumatized we'll be having donation pots down on our london bridge pop-up to help support anybody who's affected by this and i just thought that was important to share for everybody to know Yes, thank you for sharing. And, yeah, hate will not divide us. We're going to watch cycling, we're going to be positive, we're going to get out in London. Do it together. Are we fidget spinning? (laughs) Our Ouija board? (laughs) I actually have a uh, fidget cube Ouija board. We're clicking our way to Richard. uh, It's kind of, you hear his voice through the clicks. Stop, (laughs) stop this. Let me be. (laughs) Cubing in his grave. So I'm holding in my hands a slightly yellowed book. It's I can smell the seventies. Woo! It's it's Richard's bicycle book, a manual of bicycle maintenance and so, enjoyment. It's illustrated by Bachelor John. <laughs> it's a revised and enlarged edition. 
we read from this book from the 70s about bicycles, maintenance and enjoyment, and we found that it's still relevant today. I thought we would dedicate this reading to all the bikes that we've lost out there. I'm sure we've all lost a bike. It's not fun. It's a part of the process of riding a bike, being a cyclist. We all have to learn. And living in London. And living in London. I used to live in Cambridge <laughs> and I had four stolen in Cambridge. Oh, for real? Cambridge Damn. is the worst. Um, Actually, I had three bikes stolen in Japan, so there you go. Woohoo! Bikes get stolen. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are, they get stolen. Don't steal bikes, bro. Just don't steal bikes. So, this is part of chapter four buying and keeping a bike under the section keeping your bike as yet this is not a serious problem at least not by american standards where about 20 percent of the bikes in use at any given moment will be stolen within a year here in many towns you do not need to lock up your bike at all but bicycle thefts especially of quality machines are steadily increasing precautions are a must Except in areas where you know everybody, and everybody knows you never leave your bike unlocked. It is a temptation to impulse. (sighs) While it is not serious when somebody tumbles out of the local and staggers off around the corner on your machine, it is inconvenient. I find that for off-again, off-again type of riding, a cable combination lock, such as sold in bicycle and ski shops, is the lightest and easiest to manage. After deterring the impulse... Locking up procedures are a function of situation. A well-lit street is a better bet than, say, a dark alley. But in either case, security counts. For day and evening use in average neighbourhoods with ordinary bike, I use a length of chain. Real chain. Ooh, (laughs) Richard. Purchased from an ironmonger's, he says. Um, Richard's got the real deal. And a quality padlock. For night time and... Of first-class machinery, I use an American lock made of case-hardened steel throughout called the Citadel. In tests conducted by police departments and cycle clubs, the Citadel has withstood attack by pray bar, hammer, hacksaw and bolt cutter, while competing locks have failed. There is no, uh, there is no reported case of bicycle theft involving a Citadel. Uh, do you know a Citadel? I've never heard no. of it. No. The Citadel's expensive. But at a time of writing is the only absolutely secure lock made. I think that's changed a bit now, Richard, sadly. Mm. Consider so, consider your requirements carefully and think about consider your requirements carefully and think of how you will feel if one day you find your bike is gone. And so he lists one, two, three, four, five tips on locking your bike. Are you ready? Ready. When locking up on the street, you must ding locking machine to serious immovable objects like lampposts, parking signs, heavy fences, etc. Run the chain through the frame and back wheel. Take the front wheel away with you, if you can, or run the chain through it too. Be selective about when and where. Slum neighbourhoods are a bad, a bad bet at any time. Even if the bike mm. is not stolen... Kids may take bits and uh, kids may take bits and pieces disappear. Business and it's true. It is true. Business and industrial districts are okay during the day. I don't know about that. Mm, always pick a busy, well-illuminated spot. I don't. This isn't always true. I don't think that no, matters anymore. Anywhere. Try to enlist help. The cashier of a cinema will usually keep an eye on your bike 
At Richard, no. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Cinema Keep. Watch my bike. I'd be like, F off. Watch your own bike. News agents and other merchants will often help, particularly if you do business with them. Again, no. No. And finally, wow, this is great. Keep a written record of your bike's particulars, including the serial number stamped on the frame, most often found in the underside of the bottom brackets, but sometimes on the stay or tube. Yeah, that is important. Yeah, I take, have... just take a photo of it. Yeah, have a photo. Fo- have a photo of your bike. I got mine registered for free with the police. Yeah. lots of markings for free. I'd recommend it. It just gave me peace of mind as well, which that's quite powerful. I think things are under better control in this country. But if you're in a bad neighborhood, stay alert, as you should be in any case anywhere, and move along smartly at twenty to thirty miles an hour, and you will leave most trouble behind before it happens. Well, <laughs> we're going to call a bit of bullshit on you this week. Giving us the tasty gems you usually dispel, but I think we can all learn lock your bike up. Still, yeah. Or I like to just bring it in with me wherever I'm going and avoid leaving my bike outside overnight. It's oh, God, no. Not in London. London. Yeah, in London, don't. Don't. <laughs> can I just say... Um... A couple things about locking your bike. Go for the it. um the first one is how much would you spend to get your bike back? Mm. That's how much you should spend on a lock. Because if if your bike is worth that much to you, then spending that kind of money, like a hundred quid on a good lock, means that you're not gonna have to buy your bike back, for example. And then this, the thing about like kids stealing bits and bobs, they do. We've we've had a lot of people come in with um, not only the saddles stolen, but the the cockpit missing. Um, so cockpit? we're the cockpit is the front of the bike, the handlebars, the brake levers, okay, the yeah. the steering area. That's your cockpit. Um, but we we're stocking hex locks now, which are those tiny little magnets that can slot into any hexagonal shaped bolt and act like a, a bit more high-tech version of the old ball bearing and, and super glue trick. So they're like so, new locking shit, right? Yeah, yeah, they're really great. It's just massive peace of mind. They're only 12 quid each and you just pop it in there. You can use them on wheels. Um, you just have to get the hexagonal shaped skewers. If you've got quick release, if you have solid axles, you can just we sell the the hexagonal wheel nuts, so you can stick a little magnet in there as well. Um, but can I ask what stops the thief from using a magnet too? Because it's a fancy magnet with magic. <gasps> magic magnets. Um, <laughs> magic magnets. They they have a special key, and only each shop that sells these has that specific key sold. And I have three different versions as well. So I change them up with all the customers. And so it's very, it it would be, of course, it's possible, but very, very rare that someone would come in with the same key as you and be able to take the magnet out. You cannot use a regular magnet. I've tried, like, I've used them. I wanted to ask was, why don't I just get a really big magnet? No, I've tried using a massive magnet as well. And I, um, Nelson keeps saying it's a rare earth magnet. I don't know what that means, but um, I should look it up. I I need to look that up, but um, it doesn't work with a regular magnet. And you have to have the key to take it out. 
So it's this really great peace of mind, lightweight lock. So we can buy them from you. Go check out London Bike Kitchen. You, as per usual, with look on your hands. You can buy shit from us. You can buy beer from us. You can buy food from us. <laughs> Yay! Buy stuff from us. Support your local bike shops. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy from Wiggle Chain Reaction, who are basically the same company now. Fuck them. Uh, if you like what we do, please like, rate, subscribe. Uh, yeah, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We have a hashtag: hashtag Wheelsuckers Podcast. Share it, share it with your friends. Thank you, Cycling Centaurs, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.